episode number 446. I just want to say thank you so much for rocking with your boy. And most importantly, I don't know if you guys know, but I do have four businesses that help me do what I do each day. The first one is our foundational business. That is Real-Time Outsource. That is realtimeoutsource.com. We can help you boost your digital presence in seven days a week, folks. We're working with our clients for them on their behalf. So take advantage of our team and let your social media thrive in 2024. And that leads into my second business, which is realtimereputation.us. This is a business that I was sitting down with a customer. We were talking about their software that we could use to possibly power his reviews. And so we did eventually white labeled and now have our own software to help you power your business and get more customer feedback and online reviews 24 hours a day. Easy with an email list or a phone list. Realtimereputation.us. Take advantage of it, folks. And my next businesses are my passion projects. They are my loves and I want to see them thrive and grow this year. I love podcasts. That's I-L-U-V podcast.com. This is our podcast agency where we can help you get your uh, your voice in front of the right people. We're using audience strategies, booking services, our podcast marketing services, and our podcast review strategies. We can not only help you get your podcast to that next level, but also help you get booked on three, five, eight shows every single month and make it easy for you to focus on what you do and help us take our network and extend out your voice to them. And my last one, which is my favorite and my baby, and that is dreamsportscars.com. Dreamsportscars.com. What do you dream about? And we have searched the most craziest uh you know cars across the globe from baseball basketball pokemon wrestling ufc and the list goes on we're also on whatnot daily that is dreamsportscars.com we have on ebay and whatnot daily with three shows a day and most importantly i hope you guys are having a great day and thank you like you have to narrow down your audience to get traction these days because what is different from 2015 is the way that B2B prospects buy. They are so overwhelmed with information. Welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Hoff, where we talk about life, dreams, social media, and business. Well, hello. Welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Huff. Folks, I hope you guys are having a wonderful and fabulous night, weekend, or morning, whenever you are listening to the show today. But I think you're going to want to think about growth mode. And in your marketing, in your business, are you focused on high growth? Are you focused on demand generation? Are you focused on B2B, how to get more growth? And how are you doing that today? And we're going to talk about someone that's doing that for HR and tech companies as a high growth uh, growth marketing and growth mode marketing is the name, Mrs. Deanna, uh, Mrs. Deanna Shimoda. Deanna, are you ready to be real? I am ready. Hello, She's hello. fired up, folks. She's fired up. We're ready to talk about growth marketing. <laughs> Before we get into the nitty gritties of obviously the business and what's going on today, um, were you always into marketing? Were you always into business? 
Yes, I went to college many, many years ago for marketing and have uh, gone down that path. So while I think many marketers actually come from different backgrounds, I can say I have a true marketing background. Um, and my whole career, I've actually been on the B2B side of things. So I've never worked in the glamorous world of B2C. Right. And I work in the uh, fun of uh, business to business. Which is, I think, one of the, um, obviously, let's just be real, like very, very high level contracts uh, involved sometimes, you know what I mean? Like within these two businesses, yeah. it's not like you're just selling a, a cheeseburger to, you know, at someone at McDonald's, B2C or at Target or something like that. Sometimes you're you're, you're moving a big conversation versus going to be millions of dollars between two business partners. Uh, and so we forget that, that you don't need as many customers in B2B. Um, as you would need B2C usually. Now, sometimes you do if you're a software or some of these things, you might have a huge depth of customers, but really in B2B, it's now becoming more about that strategic, like like the gentleman was talking earlier about that that right avatar, that right kind of persona. So that you're not wasting your time too, because I feel like in today's marketing world, there's a lot of different ways to waste your time in like, go after this person, go after that person, go after this person. Uh and obviously, let's just be real. We want to limit to the most effective time possible with the least amount of outreach to get the most profit back in. And sometimes that's all just kind of BS because it's not going to be reality. But talk to me about right now, when you first started the business first, let's, let's talk about the first start. When did the business evolve? Like, when did it go from like, I was working for an agency or I was working this into now, I, this is my business. Was it a customer conversation? Was it you just taking the plunge? What, you know, kind of started the process into growth mode? So I was actually working on the corporate side. Um, I was a VP of marketing at a software security company that was private equity backed. So I came in, I was going to build the marketing department from the ground up. And of course, the private equity firm had the expectation that the company was going to. I was stepping into that role to build that out um, because we expected that that organization was going to be acquired down the road and, and make the investment firm and all the investors lots of money trying to go 10x. One of the strategies was we're going to limit the number of employees that we hire in this organization and we're going to go in five years with no more than 50 employees. Mm. So that meant from a marketing standpoint, they were like, yes, you can have a team, but it's not going to be a real big team. And we have to figure out how to achieve this high growth from a marketing standpoint without having the fixed cost of, you know, 20 employees on that right. team. Right, right. Working, you know, with a team of about five of us to figure out, okay, how do we get to 50 million in five years? That's a pretty aggressive big, goal, especially goal, yeah. um, in, the, in the cybersecurity space, which... Hello, there were a million technologies. Yes, very, yeah. very crowded market. The buyers, those prospects, more than any other role in an organization. And so I was reaching out to marketing agency partners, trying to find someone to help me build things. And, and when I went to them, I said, we need leads. We need them yesterday. I need someone to be strategic with me and help me think through how to build this out and execute on it. And of course, all the agencies said, 
but I wasn't finding an agency that really understood what it was like to be in my shoes. You know, they would come back and they're like, we're going to help you build a beautiful brand experience. Now, I'm a marketer. Yeah, I know full well the importance of brand. And in fact, we'll probably talk about that piece today because it's really important when market, because if they don't know you exist, quite frankly, they're not going to buy from you, right? But the conversations that these agency leaders were having with me was just missing the mark. They mm. didn't understand. I've got investors. I've got a board of directors. I have to justify every dollar that I'm spending right. to show how we're moving the organization forward towards that growth goal. Mm. Forward a little bit. I was having this conversation with multiple agencies. And, and quite frankly, they all said, yes, we specialize in B2B. Many of them, when you looked at their book of business, at best, 20% of their business was B2B and the other was 80% or more was B2C. And to me, it's like, okay, that's a side gig. Right. So fast forward, you know, I'm I'm struggling with these agencies because they just don't get it. And, you know, we're doing the best we can to work with them. But I had a conversation with a former colleague and I was just like, I am so frustrated with the agencies out there. And here's all the reasons why. And she's like, oh my God, I've had the same experience. Maybe we should start so that's how I pivoted out of the corporate world and into founding an agency. And that would have been 2015. So we've been going at it for eight years now. Let's go. You hit the two year mark. Yeah. We're, going forever. We're going forever. <laughs> well, especially with the agencies right now, you know what I mean? So like, it, it's definitely, I mean, we've seen it since 2020 or even before, obviously um, agencies that did not focus on any digital kind of services or didn't kind of pivot that way. We're having a hard time because you can't just place money on like, let's just throw the money on the newspaper and the magazine and the, the TV buy and you know, no big deal. And then like, but if they weren't embracing like the Google ads and like reputation and some of these things, you kind of saw them like really um, lose clients. You know what I mean? Like I saw him like the slow attrition. Yeah. I started the business in 2009. I started slowly seeing them lose, you know, lose, lose clients because they were not providing these services that were competitive. Um, you know, and then, and then now obviously you have many different tools so that, you know, um, it's just more competitive. So you have to be on top of your game. You can't just be old school. You can't just be stuck in your ways in the agency model because it's just changing so much. Even in the short time that I worked before, even my business, I worked for ABC television and then I uh, worked for uh, started my business. And even in the four or five, four and a half years I worked there, it evolved like nuts. Like it went from like um, zero TV to D demand on demand. And then all of a sudden you had everyone skipping ads and you had basically like, who knows if people are watching your stuff? I don't know. Like it's everything's on, you know, we now everything's on the Hulu Netflix. And that was just barely, barely getting started. Hulu, like in like 2008, 2009, you know? So now obviously no, there's like Peacock and Hulu and Disney plus and you know what I mean? Like, and now it's just yep. it's a trend. It happened. It's over. It's, it's, it's like, it, it's, it's not, it's not going backwards. We're not going back to broadcast. Um, so if you were just stuck in only placing stuff on broadcast and not embracing the new platforms, you know, it was just the bottom line is this business more than any is evolving fast. You know what I mean? Like with the chat GBTs and with a lot of the tools and stuff, it's empowered us all, but it's, it's happening faster in our in industry than I thought it would. I thought it would. I thought the, 
we and, and a lot of them you hear the interviews uh they thought it kind of would go after the data and like the kind of the numbers kind of jobs but it's kind of actually helped and, and went after like a lot of the creative jobs first like a lot of the the creative uh photography with the ai and the ability to have chat gbt write stuff and brainstorm ideas for you on the go it, it saves time i mean there's certain th- factors that definitely save time and help but if you're not embracing it and you don't have no idea what the, what, what chat gbt is and you're not using it and you're not going to do it for 10 years you're going to be out of business or you're going to have another revolution yeah. of like the same thing we saw the last 10 years where, cause it's kind of speeding up, you know, I've just, I feel, I feel that, you know, so take me into this now. Cause we're different from 2000 when you started eight years ago, right now, when people are reaching out to you, new prospects, what are some of their biggest challenges? What are some of the things that they're needing or asking or kind of wanting from you? Yeah has changed from 2015. I mean, when we started as an agency, growth mode marketing was a full service B2B agency. You know, it was kind of like, we are everything to everybody. Right. And, and we made that mistake. We see a lot of organizations, quite frankly, make that mistake. And so over the years, you know, in the last couple of years, we've pivoted to realize to be everything to everyone, it's really hard to say we're a specialist in every single facet of marketing, right? Like that, you have to be a very, very large agency right. yeah, in you have order to, be like to achieve the, that. One of the top agencies <laughs> with, you know, you're bringing in talent across the globe to say, I got an SVO expert. I got a, it's, it's, it's right. possible. If it's all T-Huff, you ain't the expert, big dog. <laughs> right, right. So, so you know, in, in the last couple of years, we pivoted and, and we decided to focus specifically on demand generation and, mm. and to go even further into that niche. We actually work with companies from a lot of different uh, software industries right. within B2B, but more specifically, we started focusing on our tech. It, it was a market marketing strategy, you know, we actually advise our own clients, like you have to narrow down your audience to get traction these days, because what is different from 2015 is the way that B2B prospects buy. They are so mm. overwhelmed with information. I mean, right. if you options, look at so, your many own, different, so many different things and bells and whistles and software. Right. And- so many options. And, and, you know, you talked about AI has anyone noticed that their inbox at work is now 10 times fuller oh, yeah, since exactly. AI was embraced? Right. That's because it's really easy to just create email campaigns and push them out. And, you know, there's some organizations that are really leveraging the AI and maximizing who they reach now. And, and the effect is as a prospect and a buyer my inbox is now bombarded. And this is happening across all channels. There's just so much information out there and so much competition that buyers, and this kind of started happening during COVID because suddenly they weren't in the office and they were, sales reps can't reach me. Oh yeah. They don't know my home phone number. They don't know my address anymore. Um, They started to realize that they have more control in the buying process than the seller does. And right. so research has come out um, from Gartner and Forrester. And we, with our own, you know, prospects and clients, that the average B2B buyer is waiting until much, much later in the decision like the purchase decision process before they're willing to have a conversation with a sales rep. In fact, they're making up to 
80% of that purchase decision before they will talk to that on their own research and their own, their own uh, due diligence. Right. And yeah, and 75% of them in this research have said, I don't want to talk to a sales rep at all during the purchase process. Right. So you think about that, that changes the way that we do marketing. Yeah. And you're trying to find a needle in a haystack because in a normal economy, maybe 5% of companies are at any given time. When the economy is like it is right now, right. and a lot of companies, and we're seeing this in the HR tech space and the tech space in general, are really pulling back on the spend that they're doing with vendors right now, that 5% probably shrunk down to 1% or less. Mm. So you're trying to find the needle in the haystack. Oh, and out to you until you've made the short list. Got you. So if you stop and think about that from a marketing perspective, it's like, holy cow, yeah. I think your digital footprint needs to become your best sales rep because it's got to get on 80% there. And they need to know who you are long before they're in market. So that when they actually are in market, already, you know, have brand awareness, you have credibility, right. you've built this trust. And they've actually built an affinity for your brand. So they're sitting there saying, I've been following along with brand XYZ for a year now. I love the content they put out. I don't have the budget right now, but I want to, you know, like they come in already knowing that this is who I'm going to work with when I finally get approval on that budget or when the organization's pain point is big enough that we can make a change. To make a change, exactly. To make the change that they need to make the, they, obviously like anything, it's like, we don't make changes until it's hurts or, you know, sometimes some, some organizations and people are always ahead of the schedule, but a lot of times it's when the pain comes they we're like, ah, mm-hmm. they gotta make a change. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I was even thinking about this as you were talking about our website and that it is too general. It serves everybody. I mean, we and we typically don't serve everybody. We typically do actually only really hyper serve the agencies. And then our secondary tier client is just any general business or obviously anyone that reaches out in the world. But we're not even any specialized inside of that. Like we're really not because we kind of serve every from auto dealerships to doctors and the restaurants and the Mm -hmm. uh, music festivals and, uh, you know, uh, public community good festivals and. We just have, it's all come in, but a lot of it has been at the agency level. And I think that you're absolutely right. Like for us, maybe we need to really revamp and focus on an agency approach website, both content and et cetera. And if others reach out to us, great. But if not, we're really speaking to that agency person that is looking for someone, a team to help, you know, kind of do the heavy lifting on the social and do the content Mm -hmm. and engage. And especially on the off hours and the weekends and nights and things like that, when they're not working and, but yeah, I mean, I think that that, I was just thinking out loud, like what you guys have done with your website, you're really speaking to the HR tech decision maker rather than just speak to everybody in tech. And you still could get yeah. some other people in tech too that, you know, gravitate to the messaging and, but, but you really, because then you really have gotten over that hump of everything for everybody and just, it's so confusing now. I mean, for, like you said, just like, yeah. The, so many options now it's just boom we this is this is the this is the focus this is who we are yeah and you and you can really only serve 
so many customers anyways in this business. You know, you can't serve hundreds of thousands right. of customers in the agency business. It, it ain't possible, dude. I mean, even the biggest agencies, <laughs> yeah, they have turnover and there's, you know, this kind's going to a new a- agency. And so, yeah, you're bringing in new, but I mean, like even the biggest agencies, they're not serving hundreds of thousands of customers. You know what I mean? Like they might be serving mm-hmm. a thousand of the biggest brands in the world, but they're not serving a hundred thousand brands. You know what I mean? Of the biggest. Yeah. So, I, I know what you mean. So, cause it's literally impossible. Like, it, like it's impossible. Plus I think the relationships and like, you know, brands don't want you to work with the competitors and there's, there's just no way for any one agency, but I think you're absolutely, it's fascinating what you said. Just basically that if you guys have a website, people are not reaching out to you until they've basically gone through your website, browsed it millions of times, which maybe checked out your social and they've already got the identity fit before they even want to talk to you. Like they don't, Back in the day, they might just have called everybody like, hey, Fresno agencies or, you know, social media agencies world and uh, or growth agencies world. And then they see, hey, let's go, Deanna, let's call let's call everybody. But now they're not doing that. And essentially, they're doing it all like on their own. And then like a lot of times as the business, we probably don't even know that these people are even browsing our websites. Right. Because you can't measure everything. And as much as it's hard us to... marketers really want to be able to tie ROI back to everything, right? Like you right. don't know who's listened to your podcast. Yeah, you yeah. don't know, you know who looked at your website. Absolutely. You just see numbers. You can see some other general data. You can actually see some you know, insights and demographics sometimes and location data. But it's hard for you to understand who that really is. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like you said... For more and more of us, we just kind of built the website, put it up there, and then it doesn't really evolve. But I like I know ours; it probably hasn't evolved for since 2020 or even earlier. Um, I think that's fascinating. I think that is a fascinating. Yeah. Well, because we all have that. Like you can always make changes to your website. Like you know, the domain's there. You just go edit. Start coming up with some ideas, yeah. folks. Like start coming up with the, some new, you know, uh, you know, kind of outreach ideas. But also, more importantly, like when people come to your site, what do they see? You know, like what is that? And are you speaking to your biggest buyer? I'm thinking both of the conversation I had this morning and the conversation we're having today. And that are we speaking to our biggest buyer from the get go? Right? Like because right. if we're hitting the HR tech space hard, growth mode is going to be taken over the HR tech space, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but then if we're just like growth mode marketing, then it could be everybody. It could be an automotive dealership in it, Los it, Angeles. It can. Yeah. You know, one of the things I will say, because I, I, I talk to prospects all the time and have this conversation with them specifically within the HR tech space where it's like, you're trying to be everything to everyone because I will say, who's your ideal customer profile? And they're like, honestly, our solution works for any company that has between to 50,000 employees. Right. It's like, okay. Do you really think talking to that employer that has 50 employees is the same as talking to that employer that has 50,000? knows that's not the case, but when you have a really broad audience, you're trying to be everything to everyone. It resonates with no one. And it's really leaders. And I know, you know, I own my own business. I had to make that decision and have a come to Jesus conversation with myself to say, okay, you need to do this. Because it's it's when you're thinking about how do I grow my business, you know, it's natural to think the bigger the audience the more opportunities that we have to right. sell. Right. Oh, and we see this opportunity 
here. And I don't want to box our company in because I don't want to turn down the business right. from the people that don't fit that profile. And I totally get there that I had to go through that with my own mentality and right. thinking about it. But it's like, okay, if you stop and think about it, the way I'll use an HR example, because that's what I talk about all the time with our prospects and clients. If I am an HR leader in a manufacturing company and I have 10 different vendors marketing to me for their recruitment management software, right? they all, in my eyes, do the same thing, right? But let's say one of they start talking about how they understand that I am dealing with unions, mm. shift differentials, right. the dangers of working on the factory floor, having to be OSHA, you know, meeting those requirements. Right. We've got administrative and factory staff, and they maybe get different perks and benefits and it gets tension. Like specific to being a leader of manufacturing. You're not going to have that same experience if it's an administrative office or a bank, right? So now when that one vendor out of 10 is speaking my language, I mean, take a step back and think about it. Which one do you think they're going to feel more connected to emotionally? Which one do you think understand my unique challenges? Because I'm not just any HR leader. I'm a manufacturing plant HR leader, and that's different. Right. I mean, it totally makes sense. And at the end of the day, like you said, the biggest thing people now, they have so many damn options that if you can mm-hmm. build that trust like up front, the process of the sales, you know, calls and the amount of back and forth. Like I know when I bought my last car, I didn't test drive it. That sounds crazy. I there was only so many options that fit my that fit my lease budget and fit the size and the parameters. I'm working with my customers. So I looked at his inventory. I kind of looked at it all and I didn't test drive it. Now that sounds crazy, but I bought a, uh, you know, uh, $800 payment, you know, lease car, which is not a small transaction. And I did the research by myself on the internet by basically saying, okay, this is all I, this is kind of the, the budget limitations that we have for our family for the size vehicle. This is what they have. These are the lease specials they have. And I sent them over the car that it made sense. They said, sure, here's the, you know, they got all the, the payment stuff all, all on email, all on email. I show up to the mm-hmm. dealership. The car's got a bow on it. I walk in, I sign the <laughs> docs. They try to, you know, get you to sign every extra little, uh, uh, what are the, hey, say, uh, can we get you to insure this? And can we get you, you know, they try to get you to yeah. oh, lease payment. You got to say, no, no, I'm good. I'm good, brother. I'm good. Thank you so much. Give me that cheap lease payment. But the most important thing is, that that time of of for the dealership let's just think about it like are they are they sold a car without having to do any of that like selling and like we used to sit there which one would you like sir and what we talk about and you know like you said the 80 percent was done already i was already ready to go and yeah. then they actually made the deal on an email you know what i mean so that's the crazier thing is they basically made the deal by saying hey here's the you know what you would, would require for the you know the payments based on your credit and the whole point is that it's not it's not going to change we're going to be buying cars like no. that in the future. And it's only going to get every service is only going to get more and more like that. Where, like you said, people want to basically do that research on their own, prepare themselves, get ready. And the more that you can have that information ready for them, the more you can have them prepared, the more information they can have in the, the process of the setup or whatever it is, they're ready to move. When they're ready to move, 
it's easy, you know? And so, and so, like you said, it's all done kind of digitally. The digital lifting is kind of done for you if done properly. If not, you're going to be sitting a lot of time talking to people and still doing some of these things. But a lot of times you might not even get that interaction. That's the thing we're talking about today. You might not even get that call because they don't want to talk to you if their website, if the content on social, if it doesn't speak to them, they're not going to give you a call. So you might even not even get a shot if you don't kind of go back and rethink this right now, I think for everybody, like for even myself, I'm like thinking if we don't rethink this, we're not going to get as many inbound calls from our deal prospects. And because I guarantee they have been looking at our website, but they think we do too much for everybody. And we're not the specialist for small uh, advertising agencies that have less than 10 employees that like to use vendors that scale. You know what I mean? Like instead right. of, we're not talking to, you know, the D, the DBBs and these huge agencies in the world that, you know, essentially have 15,000 offices and we're not talking to them. No, we're talking to the small agency owners, you know? And so that's, that's resonating with me because I'm literally going to go and change our website based on this conversation. <laughs> I, I literally am. And that's why I always love doing the show, folks. Honestly, that why I continue to do it is because I learned so much from our guests. And at the end of the day, if you are not doing those things, if you're not making changes in your business, if you're not evolving and adapting, what's going to happen, folks? We know what's going to happen. You're going to get hit with this wall and it's going to be like, I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. It's going to be too confusing. And then it's going to be, you're out of business. You know, and sadly, that will happen faster than than uh, in today's day and age, faster than ever. But like I said, I love this idea of just having the digital footprint, kind of really talking to your audience and really selling them. Um, and I can just see your business continually growing because of that. Because if you go to your website, it really does. I mean, I was looking at the website today. I was demand generation marketing for HR tech companies. For HR tech company is very very strategic. Right. Yep. So what yep, t- it was very intentional. <laughs> yeah, intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. And still, someone could still see this that's not in HR tech and still reach out to you. You know what I mean? But it really, and, I, and I'm sure they do. Yeah, and I yeah. do have that happen. Right. Yep. I, I only can imagine because it's just like they like the the outreach, they like the talk, they like what you're what you're representing, or they've seen you on a podcast and they're like who you are, etc. But I love being able to speak specifically, really, really specifically to that audience, because like you said, that's who's going to be, you know, searching you out, hunting you down, finding you. That's going to make you different than your competitors. And that's what's going to get you more inbound leads and opportunities. I guarantee you than just trying to be it for everybody and uh, and your general social media agency that can serve everybody from from India to, you know, to America. It's impossible, you know, so. I love that. I absolutely love that. What are some of your biggest challenges right now, Deanna? Uh, my biggest challenges, you know, what? not enough time in the day trying yeah. to wear too many hats, do everything right. right? Like, right. and where to focus. And, and as an agency, you know, it often feels like we're the cobbler's children that have no shoes, right? Like we go out and we talk to these clients and we're like, here's the marketing best practices that you need to be doing. And, they're not going to buy from you if they don't know you exist. And let's build out that demand in the market for you. Right. We don't always do that for ourselves. Mm. As you know, in the agency world, the client needs Absolutely. always come first. It Absolutely. happens in so many agencies unless they're big and have their own marketing departments. Yes, I can absolutely see that. That is a benefit of 
I've I found for our agency in that um, using ChatGPT to kind of brainstorm, to kind of come through some ideas of things that we weren't thinking, and then. But you're absolutely right. I mean, most importantly in the marketing business, it's the clients first. And sadly, in the agency world of marketing, it's what have you done for me lately? It didn't matter. Last year, yes. I blew the <laughs> waters off the success. You've never had such a big year. You're, and then, you know, you wake up January. What's next? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter yep. about the past. It's always what's next. And in some cases, just fighting the fight for the client. Obviously, at the end of the day, because we are, you know, there's a lot, some clients are, you know, going to be affected by people having less money to spend. Like some of our housing clients, you know, the last, you know, from 2020, that people had extra money. Everyone was fixing the houses and everyone, these clients have slowed down a little bit. You know what I mean? Because people don't have that money that they're fixing or they already made the fix, you know? And so um, you can't just expect your numbers are going to keep going higher if people don't have as much money, you know? And so people aren't spending... $80,000 on their house and, you know, uh, buying all new windows and doors. And, um, and if they are the interest rate, they're paying, um, to finance that is much, much higher. So that's affected the, you know, the, the amount of they can finance, they can't finance as much so they can't do as much yeah. it's simple, simple one, two factor. Um, but the bottom line is that doesn't mean that they don't, you know, kind of continue to rally and continue to grow and to continue, people are going to continue to build houses and want to live and, but it's, you have to get through the grind. And I think that's might be what we're going to have for a, few, a little bit here because some categories had so much success that they think they're going to continue to benchmark off like 2020, 2021. It ain't going to yeah. happen. It ain't happening on some. And then some categories were down so much in those years because they either got were shut down or their businesses were uh, had to pivot or things happen or their businesses uh, maybe basically had people work at home and things like that. They saved money. They got rid of some commercial space. So they became kind of, it evolved, but then now they're even stronger, you know, than they were then. So yeah, there are some businesses that, you know, we're setting these crazy benchmarks, mortgage industry. I know I have friends in the mortgage. Hey, we're making $60 million and, you know, refinances and this and that that's all dried up. <laughs> you know, you talk to them now, yeah, hey, anymore. it's tougher, baby. So, the whole point is you aren't going to benchmark off that number. You know what I mean? You're going to benchmark off a, a much lower number. And then some industries that were much affected go higher. You know what I mean? There, And, and that's obviously yeah. there's many factors. There's many things. But um, at the end of the day, bottom line is for business, it's always evolving. And for agencies, we're always evolving. But we have so many cool tools, too. So that's the fun part. You're learning. You're growing. We're about to take you into our top 10 before we roll, my friend. Are you ready? I am ready. Apple or Android? Apple. Apple. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Netflix. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. I don't even have a Facebook account. Instagram the, <laughs> is is Facebook uh, Meta. Meta, man, they are quite the company. Yeah. I think they would buy everything if they could. They let's buy it all. Let's buy it all. Chicken or steak? If you're right. thinking about a good meal. Steak. Steak. Laptop or smartphone? Uh, laptop. Laptop. Spotify or Pandora? Sorry, I think it cut out right there. Spotify or Pandora? Pandora. Pandora, the OG. Movies or video games? Movies. Movies. Reading books or listening to books? Reading. 
Reading, get the physical book. Mark it up, folks. I always like the uh, reading books. You can always give it to a friend, too. That's a nice thing. Hey, That's here's true. A, Although here's I, a I have here. mine on Kindle, so. <laughs> right, right. True. Uh, stocks or real estate? Stocks or real estate? Oh, I would say real estate. Real estate. Yeah, you can always live in it, right? You can always live in the real estate. That's a good thing. Right. And you, but it's a little harder to get out of, but you can always live in it. Oceans or lakes if you're thinking about a vacation, because we all deserve vacations, Deanna. I know you work hard. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, You know, my vacations tend to be on oceans, but my weekends are on lakes, so I love Ooh, them all. Nice. What lake are you near on your weekends? Uh, well, I'm up here in Minnesota, so I have a oh, you have the great lakes. lake called... No, yeah, yes, but I'm not hanging out on that. It's a little lake in Minnesota called oh. North Center Lake. North Center Lake. Nice. Well, there's nothing like seeing the water. Like they say that there's something about seeing water, moving rivers, streams, pools, oceans, obviously something about that for our psyche. So yeah, something about being around water, seeing water daily or weekly or whenever you can. It's something special yeah. about that. You know, um, when you're waking up in your morning and you're getting ready, pumped, energized for your day. Why do you love being you? Um, you know, I love the freedom of being a business owner and the flexibility that it allows. Right. I think that's, I mean, even though sometimes people say, I work less hours as a business owner. And we've had guests that say they work four hours a week and four hours a day and four hours. <laughs> a, it's sometimes it's a 16 hours a day, but you get to choose right? when those windows are. You get to pick the place you sit. You can do it digitally. Now you can be on the road and working could be on vacation and, and doing work essentially and also getting paid to work and vacation um like our our previous guest he literally travels one to three months every year i'm sorry every one to three months he's traveling to a new location and working and living there so imagine just be able to work and live all across the globe um everyone has different passions obviously sometimes that sounds cool some people are like that's that sounds crazy to me but the ability, like you said, <laughs> and the freedom that that you that work and entrepreneurship gives you is that you get the options. You get the options when you work, how you work, where you work, what you work, and uh, obviously you still have to work though, right? We still have to work. We still have to be focused. <laughs> and uh, yes, and, uh, we do. That's the most important thing. Do you think you'll ever retire from the agency game? Do you think you'll ever, you know, stop work and just give it up and and move on? I think so. Yeah, you know, I'm. I still have many working years left in my future, probably. Right. And I can't imagine just being like, all right, I've got nothing to do now. So I'll probably always do something. Yeah. But I'd like to at least get to the point in life where it's optional to work. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And then it's very hard sometimes to let the business go and let the customers go and some of that stuff yeah. too. So it's either trying to find that right partner that takes over the business or maybe a person internally, or you obviously, you know, you sell the business, you hope it goes to the right partner. And that's the, always the next step too, as the business kind of evolves is does this just end with me or can this evolve and can we keep all this stuff going? And that's another obviously fascinating part of business and that some people are just willing, are able to find the right people, get them in play. And so they can scale it and they don't have to be there anymore. And, the business lives. Yep. I know for me, it's hard to do that. And so I, I know, um, and for obviously many of my customers, it, it's it, even big agencies, they still have to be there, you know? And so otherwise the agency does not work the same. Uh, and they'll tell me straight to my face, it's not the same if I'm not there. Um, so it's something that basically when the time's right, the time will be right, right? 
Yeah. And she's gone. She's going to go. She's going to go, uh, you know, attack, find the, her, her, her next favorite lake. Let's go to find and relax on. Um... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have a skill you're trying to master right now? Is there something you're trying to master? trying to get better at maybe. Uh, you know, I've been working on snowboarding for the last Ooh, few years. Uh, nice. I feel like I should be better than I am. That's a hard one to learn too, though. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, you know, it's a, it's kind of like those people, like my buddy was a skateboarder. He could just always like ollie off of stuff and he could always just like do the craziest stuff. I feel like those are the people that are like the greatest snowboarders and like everyone else is just trying to catch up to them because they're just somehow yep. have it naturally in their soul. They're like, Hey, no worries. I'm going to do a 360 off this and this and that. And then you try that. You're going to break your neck, boy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's still fun, huh? It's a fun challenge. It's a super fun challenge and very exhilarating. Very, very yes. exhilarating. Um, as when you're working hard, you got to have those things that make you feel alive. Couple last questions for you. If you could sit down to a steak dinner with anyone in the world, who would you want to sit down with, Deanna? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I don't even know. Um, maybe Barack Obama. Ooh, him very interesting. Oh, absolutely. Him and Michelle would be fascinating to sit down with. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, their story, just how, how, like, the crazy, like, what is it like to be the president? Like, what would it be like? Like the pressures and. And I always felt like he was like one of the coolest presidents in our lifetime, or at least my lifetime. I've always felt like he was kind of like the more socially plugged in and socially cool president. Like, unlike a lot of the presidents of the past or current that I don't feel like <laughs> are currently like cool. You know what I mean? Like, like a guy that's like, yeah, hey, I like you. You're a cool guy. Let's go play some basketball or I don't know, just like something about that. I feel like we kind of need that. You know what I mean? Like that guy that's like our, our buddy, you know what I mean? Like, Listen to some yep. rap or listen to some current music and just it's not stuck in the 50s. And you know what I mean? I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't care about the politics stuff, but I always felt like Brock was like someone I could just chop it up with. And he's like, just resonate with what's going on currently. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's why a lot of people love him, to be honest with you. Still, I think that's why, you know, because it just was so you could feel so connected to him. Um, he just talk. He's talking like you. He's talking like you. He's not talking like some. <laughs> You know, per person that we have no idea who you are. Let's go. Do you think, um, is there, has there been a book or a, like something you ever read that has changed your life or you reread it or something like that? Is, do you gravitate to a specific book or are you reading a current book right now? You know, I am reading a current book, but it's like a mystery novel. I, I Ooh. read so many books. I, I wouldn't say that there is one that was life changing, but I right. love ones that make me think think mm. whether it's fiction or non-fiction just right. about you know like giving more perspective in the world right and that's the fun part about learn uh reading is that usually you're getting someone's whole lifetime of their thoughts their whole lifetime of expertise and it's just shoved into a book and then you get to yeah. absorb their whole life you know what i mean and uh that's kind of cool when you really think about that in general and that a lot of these legacy people, I was listening to the Arnold Schwarzenegger recently a book. Fascinating dude. I mean, just fascinating stories about how he's get, got to where he got from someone that was and not even part of our country. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind yeah. of fascinating that you're getting his whole life story. Whether that's going to change your life, like you said, or not, it, it might not. But it is cool to really kind of encapsulate someone's life. And um, and then be able to just, you know, move on and then move on to the next life. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's go to the next book or let's go to the next mystery novel. But it's just fascinating. I think that 
that's one of the misnomers of, of reading is that you kind of you get there everything you get there everything in one concise kind of book usually you know or one concise thought or chapter or whatever and i, I just think it's yeah. fascinating people forget that you know what i mean people are putting their whole soul into this thing and if listen to like some of the greatest books like the last forever you know what i mean so it's just it's quite cool quite cool in a digital world where is your favorite place to hang out where is your favorite place if we could uh, gravitate more people in the hr tech space or people that want to learn about growth people that want to learn about the things you're doing to generate that demand generation where where can we send them to learn more about you so if you're interested in learning more about demand generation, how you create a catalyst for growth for your company, of course, you can check out Growth Mode Marketing's website. It's just growthmodemarketing.com. I have a podcast as well, actually a couple of them. One is called The Demand Gen Fix, where we talk all things marketing to help companies that are looking for Another one called the HR Tech Spotlight, which is all about different HR technology Ooh. companies out there there that we're working with see what she's um, doing see what she's doing she's using the podcast as a prospecting tool folks this is awesome yeah yeah this is the best sure, um... <laughs> this is the absolute best we're gonna yeah, find those both um, and put them in the show notes too guys so you guys can quickly find them awesome absolutely yep. I give you... um, and of course follow me on linkedin and linkedin Shimoda. too yep and we're gonna put all those on there linkedin growthmomarketing.com you got the podcast we appreciate your soul your passion, your energy. You have inspired myself, my friend. We are going I'm to change so the vision of our websites focused on small to medium advertising agencies. Today, we're going. Oh, Let's go. I love it. I just appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you again. Folks, you've been hanging out with Miss Deanne Shimoda and Travis Tutal and Huff. We want to thank you again so much for your time today. And let's keep being real. What another epic episode. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode today, can you please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast, The B-Real Show, on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. And also take a little time today, if you don't mind, and give your boy T-Huff a review. I would really super appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening today.